All right, everybody, we're on the line with Kai, the fighting Hawaiian Kamaka. He is coming off of a fight against Danny Chavez at UFC Vegas 33 in a back-and-forth war. Um, how you doing, Kai? I'm doing well. Um, well, I'd like to start off with uh, just give me your thoughts on your last fight against Chavez at UFC Vegas 33 and just what you thought of the fight overall and how it went in your mind and just what did you think of the fight? Um, I mean, shoot, I, I, as far as the way I went inside that cage, like what I was thinking at that time, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't change, I wouldn't change a thing. I mean, I felt that I won that fight. Um, I felt like I broke that Danny Chavez. Um, and you know, if you want, like, I feel, yeah, I, I 100% feel like I won that fight. I feel like he was taking advantage of, of some situations. And it was a little bit sticky on officiating, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I, I would say that after an accidental eye poke, um, after right after that point, a lot of things were mishandled by um, Herb Dean. Mm-hmm. But I feel 100%, even with the point deduction, I should have still won that fight by unanimous decision. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you. Um, I picked you to win that fight. And um, even if with the point deduction it was going to be a draw, I don't see any way that Chavez could have got that decision. I mean, I thought it was pretty clear cut. But it seems like a lot of the decisions that night were kind of off the rails. I mean, would you agree? Um, honestly, I, I wasn't paying attention too much. Mm-hmm. Just because I was, what, the, probably, the, probably the fifth fight. And then after that... Um, yeah, I didn't really watch until I watched the Sean Strickland fight mm-hmm. when I got home. Oh, I gotcha, I gotcha. Um, yeah, but like I said, I definitely thought you should have got the decision there. I mean, I don't think, even with the point deduction, like you said, I don't see a reason how they could have given it to your opponent. Yeah, I guess I felt like um, there was no no time in the fight where Danny Chavez was uh, was th- ha- uh, was a threat to me. Um, and yeah, I just feel like I was in control of that fight. I was dictating the pace. Uh, he had all the bumps and bruises and that's, that's fighting. I thought, I think if you judge a fight in a street, then like in a street fight setting, obviously I win that fight, like based off of whose body language, based off of actual, yeah, based off actual skills. So I don't know. I, I mean, that's, that's what I feel. Yeah. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll go on to, well, what do you think is next for you? Um, you know, there's a lot of organizations out there. There's one championship, there's Bellator, there's PFL. Um, what do you feel is next for you? And, you know, just in general, which organization appeals the most to you in your next stop on your MMA career? Um, uh, honestly, um, I, I mean, a, a legit update, I, I – I would say it's between Bellator and PFL right now. Okay. Um, and they, I actually, like, I'm just going to say, like, I do have a deal done. Okay. Or Already. Mm-hmm. And it was done, literally, it was done, like, literally that same day that the UFC um, decided they they wanted to say that they oh, we weren't going to, um, they didn't want to, or the, the renegotiation wasn't, wasn't coming to, was it coming to uh, 
yeah, renegotiation wasn't moving forward. Uh-huh. So we, so that's when, when that came out. That's when, like, I mean, that same day, um, we had a pretty good idea of where we'd end up. Awesome, man. Well, I'm excited to see where your next move is. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I think, I think either organization, Bellator or PFL you're still going to get the highest level of competition. So it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, when should we be getting an update on an announcement? Is it soon or will it be a little bit before we find out? Uh, it'd be, I would say in the next week. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll definitely keep an eye out for that. Um, well, I want to get a little bit of, you know, background on your training. I know you train at uh, Extreme Couture is your main gym, and then you also train at the Ruka Training Center. Is that is that accurate, or do you just go out there every once in a while? Um, I do train out there when I go, um, but I kind of go there like right after fights or before like camps or after fights. Um, how did you get introduced to um, Extreme Couture and Coach Eric Nixick and you know, training at Ruka Training Center, like how did it all start out for you getting to start training at these gyms as like your home gyms? Um, I mean, I was training in Hawaii in, like, in, a, in a, um, my cousin's garage, me and my cousin Ray, um, Ray Cooper. Okay. Um, we just did everything together. And yeah, and then um, that, that's all. That's all pretty up. And then COVID hit and then Obviously, being in Hawaii wasn't gonna, or I just felt it wasn't gonna help me move forward at that time. So I decided to relocate to Vegas, just um, just because I mean Vegas is a hotbed for fight, and and the, the UFC UFC called, and then I ended up obviously having four fights in one. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. It cut out for a second, but you had four fights in in a year, correct? Yeah. Okay. Or I had five fights. I had five fights in a year. Five fights. One in and four in UFC. Okay. Okay. Um. Well, let's talk a little bit about your cousin. I mean, Ray Cooper the third. He just came off a huge win over former UFC title challenger. You know, you know he was a huge star and still is a huge star in the sport. And Rory McDonald. Um. What did you make of? Ray Cooper's performance, and I know you had told me that you were out there, obviously, at the fight, so I'm guessing you were cornering Ray then, right? No, I wasn't cornering Ray this time. Oh, okay. Um, I just was, you, um, you know, I, we, we, we kind of like got into our, our own scrap pack, and yeah, I, I got, um, he brought me out there for the fight, so I, he brought me out there for like all the PFL fights. Oh, okay. Except for about the same week as him in the first week of the first season fight. Oh, okay, okay. Well, uh, what did you think of his performance overall? I mean, it was a pretty dominant, you know, fight for him from start to finish. Um, what do you make of the performance? Um, I, I mean, that's that's exactly what I, that's exactly what we all knew. You know, the, the public eye, they don't see the growth that he has, go, you know, he, um, how fast he tremendously grows. And, um, so, I mean, it wasn't a surprise to me at all. I know how heavy he is on top. I know how much of a heavy puncher he is. Um, you know, I, I spar with him. I, I grapple with him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we do everything together. So, I mean, I'm, I wasn't surprised. I mean, that everybody else wouldn't be, wouldn't be, mm-hmm. um, so to me, that was, yeah, that was nothing of a surprise. Like, he's high level wrestler. 
he's a heavy puncher and you know he's still growing he's still that's that's the main thing he's still growing yeah i'm i'm excited to see cuz he is now he's in the finals now right so he'll be going up against uh, oh, that's right. Um, is it okay? No, I was thinking of somebody else that was fighting at featherweight, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see the finale is in October, correct? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um, well, I mean, we know who some of your training partners are when you go to extreme couture or when you go out to, you know, Ruka training center, you seem to be working with guys like Aljamain Sterling, Boston Salmon, you know, Luke Rockhold, you know, who would you say you get the most work in with while preparing for a fight? Like who is your go-to training partner? I'm sure you train with, you know, a lot of people in your camp, but who is like your go-to training partner for grappling, for sparring, for drilling? Do you have somebody in particular that you always seem to work with more than others? Um, yeah, I, I would say like my main, my, I would say my main guys. Uh, would be the Boston Salmon. Obviously, he's probably one of I feel like one of the best boxers in MMA. Mm-hmm. Um, he was high, highly decorated amateur boxer. Um, and then um, Jeremy Kennedy, Bellator fighter. Um, Dan Ige and Mads Brunel. Okay. Okay. Um, wh- what do you think is the thing you you find? the most enjoyable but with um, with Extreme Couture, obviously, and Coach Eric Nixick, and then Ruka Training Center. What do each of those gyms give you that made you, like, pick those gyms to work with? Um, well, I mean, Ruka's my, my um, sponsor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I go out there a lot, and they just have a good – they have a good camaraderie of, uh, of fighters and that come in that – that are sponsored by them and also great coaches like Jason Brillo there. Mm-hmm. And then they also have the, like a vast, a vast, uh, what do you call? They have a, they have jujitsu knowledge walking through there. They have, they have a uh, coach Daryl Christian that I work with when I go there. Mm-hmm. Um, high level wrestling. So, I mean, those play that place has just so much knowledge. And it's there like shoot, all hours out of the day, mm-hmm. and then extreme couture. I mean, you have the Hawaiian camaraderie of yeah, and you got all of us high level Hawaiian fighters there, which made it easy to pick for me. Mm-hmm. It was like home. It was like I'm at you know not not far from Hawaii, and then um, the coaches. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it's a great fit for me. I, I it, it's it's. It, it's hard to say because I mean, coaches they they're only gonna work for that like that specific person. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean you don't know. How it doesn't necessarily work the same for somebody else. So I, I'm very happy with the like set of coaches that I have. Right, and um, you've worked with Rockhold obviously, and Luke Rockhold's about to make his comeback fight against uh, Sean Strickland. Um, give me your thoughts on Rockhold just as a fighter, as a competitor, and just probably as a training partner overall, because I'm sure you've gotten to work with him at some point. Well, um, shoot, both guys are my friends, Sean Strickland and Luke Rockhold. Okay. Uh, Luke Rockhold and Sean Strickland both train at Ruka, and they've trained together at Ruka. Okay. And, um, Sean Strickland's one of my teammates in Vegas, so I mean... Um, 
yeah, it's gonna be a great fight. I mean, I know it's a it's a tough one, tough one to say. Yeah. I mean, um, Strickland is obviously has the momentum of you know he's being active and he's on a tear right now. And then obviously the downside of uh, Rocco is Rocco's been sitting on the side for like for a bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, then there's there's two ways to. I mean, there's an upside on both sides, but Rockwood is obviously obviously is a way more um, technical, clean you know, the, the clean athlete of mm-hmm. um, skill, you know and, rock. and then you got Sean Strickland who um, he, he just breaks guys, you know, he, he doesn't take step back and he's always coming forward yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a good fight, and um, I'm eager to see what Rockhold looks like in his comeback because it's been a little while. His last fight was against Blahovich, wasn't it? I believe so, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Um, I want to ask you about a coach I've, I've seen you get some work in with. I'm sure you get to work with him all the time at Extreme Couture, and that's uh, Jimmy Gifford. Um, uh-huh. what, what, what do you just give me your thoughts on him as a, a, a striking coach and MMA coach and how much has he helped you improve your striking just overall? Um, shoot. Yeah. He's, he's definitely helped me improve my striking, um, like levels to it and mentally, like, um, just seeing or yeah, seeing stuff, mm-hmm. seeing stuff in my head and actually being able to apply it and, moving certain places on why, why why I'm moving why am I making this angle um yeah he's I don't know I I haven't had much boxing coaches in, in you know in my time mm-hmm. but I, but I would say like um he's he's so technical I mean uh yeah he's, he's just he's he's, he's a, like he's so smart about this about boxing and yeah do you this this is kind of a different style of question, but do you enjoy the coaches who break it down from a technical side and like I know all coaches obviously they're gonna break stuff fights down and, and you know techniques and stuff down from a technical side, but do you enjoy somebody who really just nitpicks everything with the striking and kind of molds it into you, or do you enjoy um more of like an MMA style coach a little bit more who maybe things aren't broken down as much, but you know, you get a lot, a lot of different looks from the coaches. I, I don't know if you can answer that, but, um, um I, I, I see what you're saying because obviously I do have a striking coach, which in or a boxing coach in Jimmy Gifford. Uh-huh. And then my MMA coach who, um, Eric Nixon, yeah. he kind of does that. Like, um, so I, and then I have, I have a jiu-jitsu coach. I have a, and then, um, yeah, I have I have a bunch of different coaches. Um, but Eric, Eric, he kind of or he's the one that oversees it all. Mm-hmm. So all, all my other, you know, the guys that I work with, the coaches, they they um they they're the ones that nitpick as far as techniques. And then Eric is the oversee on game plan and the way the way we go about things in a a more MMA aspect. Right. Yeah. Um. What do you what do you make of Coach Eric Nixick overall, and what makes him one of the best best coaches in the world? Um. Yeah. I mean, he's 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 the best coach in the world for the guys that work. For, that's obvious. I'm not. I'm not it would work for everybody because the reality of it is he wouldn't. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know you. Um, he's very real assertive. He he knows how to he knows how to lead. He knows how to he knows how to control a situation. And um, those are like those are some of the things that might set him apart in a in a more in a more um in some of the most stressful situations in you know like in life and you know fight, fighting is a stressful situation especially you know as it's um yeah it's, it's a very stressful situation so I mean being able to control the situation and handle handle things that that's so. That's a big upside that sometimes might not be able to handle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I think you look at just the, the group of fighters that Nixick has worked with. And um, I think one of the biggest examples is, you know, Francis Ngannou, the heavyweight champion right now. You look at his striking from when he started in the UFC, and maybe it was a little bit more wild because he could just land one shot on your chin and knock you, you know, into outer space. But you look in the last fight where he won the title against Miocic and everything was a lot more crisp, a lot more technical, and he just looked a lot more patient. And that's something I talked with Eric about on this podcast. So I think you could just, just looking at Nganu as, as one example. And I mean, looking at yourself as well, he's really just able to fine tune those skills is what it seems like. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I feel like, um, I mean, he's my, like, he's my head coach. So I feel like and I'm I'm gonna bias about myself, but I feel like I'm the I'm the perfect example as far as pupil from him. And I've only been with him a year. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um. And I feel like he he's a, I'm be the perfect example of being a direct student of his. Um. And in the years to come, mm-hmm. like um, just everything like um, his his striking system and every everything that the way he leads. Yeah, I think uh, I think you I think you hit it right on the on the head. And the fact that you've only been with him for a year and to see the improvements and everything in your game, I think that just speaks to him as a coach and your ability to uh, take knowledge in as a fighter and just adapt it into your game. Right. Um, you know, is there one moment in your career in particular that you look back on a lot and you know just just think of a lot, whether it's the way a fight played out, whether it's you know, somebody you've gotten to train with, is there one in particular moment throughout your mixed martial arts career that you always tend to look back on and go like, oh, you know, damn, that was pretty cool? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess getting a UFC call because I, I came during COVID and I never expected, or like, you you hope, you can only hope, but you, you don't expect it to happen and you get the UFC call, it's pretty crazy. Um, so that's that was probably the coolest moment, you know, as far as like, that I always think of, or that, that I might think of. I don't even think about that, actually. It's just, that's a cool moment to think, you know. One of the coolest moments, you know, like, to me is, is right now, it's like, it's like, if you look at all my, like, I never got my, I never got my ass beat. I never got, yeah. um, I never got, like, my butt handed, or I never even really kind of, I don't know. I, I feel like I never, I lost one, I feel like I lost only one fight in the UFC, and that was on seven days notice, and, that's on like I, you know, um, Jonathan Pierce. He got me, um, mm-hmm. but I, like I didn't lose. The, I didn't lose the rest. So, um, which for to me as a man, like I'm doing like this is my first time telling anybody else or like the other. My circles, like I'm three and one in the UFC. Yeah. Um, and to me, like it's funny. It's like I never did get my ass beat. I, I, I feel like I only I'm three and one in the UFC, and I just literally 
I guess you can say the UFC didn't didn't, didn't want to resign me. Yeah, I. Uh, so, that, that's the coolest part to me. It's like yeah. I got cut. I or not cut. I I got um um they didn't want to resign me and <laughs> like I was three and one or I or not even that. Like I didn't even get my ass beat and that happened. So yeah, it's kind of fun. That's yeah. the cool part. I could understand my ass, but like getting my butt kicked and getting my and then all oh, these guys doesn't belong at this level. Like, yeah. you know, we should send back to the regional scene, but. <laughs> The way the fights play out, and I'm like, I, I'm, I'm cool. With, like, it's, I'm more cool with it. Like, I don't even care. Yeah. Like, that's, that's how it works. And should I rather go somewhere else? Yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, I think you, you hit it right on the head there. Like, you know, whether it's this last fight against Chavez, which I definitely thought you won, and I'm not just saying that because I'm interviewing you. I know a lot of people will say shit just because they're interviewing the guy, but to be honest, like, just as a fan, I thought you won this fight. I thought there was no way it could have gone the other way. And the fight against TJ Brown, I had that fight scored for you as well. And I don't know I don't know how they gave oh that fight it went to Brown, right? In decision, it wasn't a draw. That, yeah, so that one was a that one it was one thirty twenty seven. Um thank God to like Adelaide Bird actually seen a fight right. And then <laughs> two other the other two judges, and Mike Bell and Saul Diamato, it might have been. Yeah. If not, it was it was um they had it twenty nine twenty eight for for um, <sighs> Yeah, it's I mean it, it's it's honestly at this point it's it's the UFC's mistake it's their loss because you know you said like to you you're three and one you didn't really lose the last fight to Chavez you didn't lose a fight to T J Brown um you like you said you've only really lost one fight in the UFC so it's their loss and now you get the chance to go out to whatever organization you pick, whether it's PFL or Bellator, and you get to kind of make a statement. And you know another guy that who kind of did that, it's a little bit different because he never actually got into the UFC, um, but a guy in the PFL, Brendan Lochnan, you know, he was on the Contender Series, won his fight. Um, Dana didn't sign him. Like I said, it's a little bit different, but now you look at him and he's about to be, you know, in the finale for PFL. So this is kind of an opportunity for you to – you know, make a statement like, hey, look at what you guys gave up and, you know, look at the stuff I'm about to do now. Right. And, yeah, it's like, man, I don't have to worry about, like, even if I was to fight for the UFC again, right, in my next fight. Yeah. It would think like, oh, I got to win this fight or, like, um, I mean, you have to win every fight, but, like, just that stigma of, like, oh, if I'm, I'm done, or if I lose, I'm done, or whatever. So, I don't know. And for what reason? Like, I mean, I'm performing, you know, like, I don't, if people watch my fights, like, I'm not, I'm not playing, like, I don't, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to win rounds. I mean, I sure, I, like, I'm going to decision on some of these fights, but I'm, I'm trying to, I'm going out there, I'm trying to get after it. So it's like, yeah. I mean, people, I, I hope people see that. And yeah, I mean, I feel like that's why there's a lot of interest from other promotions. Yeah, I think I I think you hit it exactly like exactly. This is your chance to uh you know make a statement in another organization. Um, you know, if you could pick one fight, you could pick your next fight, or maybe a fight that would excite you the most out of anybody you could get matched up with in your weight class. Is there one in particular person you'd want to get matched up with in the future? Like, is there one fight in your mind that really sticks out to you? Not really. 
I mean, the, the fights that stick out to me are the guys that actually want to fight. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, any fight that that any fight that somebody wants to like that that you know somebody wants to compete and you know they they're trying to they're trying to take my head off. That that's the guy I want to fight. Mm-hmm. I don't want to fight the guy that's gonna avoid or gonna gonna play um gonna play sport. Yeah, I want to fight. You know, like. That's a difference. That's that's why I don't wanna like if I was to get offered by to fight Danny Chavez, like, I don't wanna fight him. He didn't wanna fight me that night. I, yeah, I, I seen you know, and I'm sure everybody else seen him. he did, he even if, even the way he was actually fighting me, he didn't wanna fight. Yeah. Um. Other not not other than the, the way he was playing the fouls is you know, but the actual fight like I see them fight different uh, on to other guys. Mm-hmm. So. For him to like the way he was fighting me, oh uh, yeah, he didn't want to fight, so that fight wouldn't even entertain me. Um, do you think he fought like that because he knew that if you landed a power shot, um, he was going to be in a lot of trouble? <laughs> Is that why you think he played? I, mean, I, I would, I would say, I mean, may, maybe, but shoot, I thought he was a like, I thought that was the type of guy he, a type of fight he would want. Yeah. So that's what shocked me the most. Yeah. Um, well, we talked a little bit about your coaches and your striking and everything. Um, is there anybody that you like kind of model your style off of? Is there a fighter that maybe you take some things from them and you, you adapt it to your own game? Is there someone in particular that you've kind of modeled your fighting style around? Um, yeah, I would say like, I mean, my, Different. We have different styles. My my cousin Ray Cooper. I take a lot of lot from him. Mm-hmm. Um, we I mean, we don't have different styles. Though. We just have different attributes. You know, mm-hmm. like obviously, I, I I don't have like like dynamite knockout power like him. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the same. Um, we don't take like the same demeanor of fight. So we do. I take a lot from him. Um, and like I take a lot from TJ Dillashaw, Peter Yan. Okay. Those guys. Yeah. Um, Those are the guys that I study a lot. I'm. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I'm a huge Peter Yarn fan. I got to see him fight at 238 out here in Chicago. That was the first UFC fight I got to go to live. And, man, I mean, the beating he put on Jimmy Rivera, I feel like that was kind of his coming out party in the UFC. Like, once that fight happened, everybody knew, like, shit, like, we got to watch out for this dude. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's uh, that's one of my favorite fighters right now. Yeah, me me too. He's he's probably in my list of my top guys to watch, and I can't wait for his next fight. Um, and it's kind of interesting that that fight's going to be on uh, ESPN. They're not going to do it on pay per view. I find that a little bit interesting. Yeah, that's probably. I think it's too close to another pay per view, but they want to get that fight in already. Yeah. Um, well. I, I have one more question for you, and it's kind of going to wrap us up here. But I'm sure you get this question a lot. But what is one piece of advice that you would give to an aspiring young fighter who wants to make it to the highest level? Is there a piece of unconventional advice that you feel like doesn't get talked about enough? Or just what is your advice to an up-and-coming fighter trying to make it to the highest level? Um, I mean, legitly, at a certain point, um you, you, I, I would say you can't, you can't work, like you can't, um, you can't have a job and do this at the highest level. Mm-hmm. Just because you have to be all in, because this is a job. Um, I mean, 
and it sucks to say like you, you know got like if you can get to the high level i get i, I you can get to a high high level working i guess but you can't i don't think you can stay at the highest level like trying to do a job like trying to work and do it because this is a full-time gig you have to be sold in sold out yeah so so basically you've got to be all in or all out you can't be half one foot in and one foot out the door yeah most definitely yeah, I think I think that's interesting. You see that a lot with guys now. Like some people still have a job and train all the time, but the guys at the highest level, man, they, they don't have a job. <laughs> they're they're training from yeah. you know two or three times a day, you know, seven, five six hours a day, six days a week, and it's just wake up, train, eat, and sleep. Yeah, that's I mean, that's and that's the life I live. Like my vacations consist of fight trips. My vacations consist of um, working out at different different places. I mean, I mean, I, um, but that's just me. Like I'm obsessed with, I'm obsessed with fight, with, like with, with MMA, with fighting, with fighting in general. Yeah. And I feel like it's a hard, hard. Um, with all that I do, obviously, I still get certain outcomes that wow me. Yeah. But, but that's with me hauling my ass, you know. Yeah. So I just that. To, that's, to say the least, like, I mean, you got to work your ass off in this game. Yeah. Yeah, there's no handouts in MMA unless, you know, you're already a celebrity. But even then, I mean, there's no handouts. You're going to get you're gonna get hit no matter what. I mean, that's kind of how it yeah. goes. Um, well, I just wanted to say, like, thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for giving me the time to talk with you. And um, do you have any questions for me? Um, no, I mean... Other than you think I won my last two fights, thank you. I mean, <laughs> no, just because it gets gives me a better perspective. Like I'm not in my own. Like everybody else I've talked to from that don't know me and know me. Okay, so before we got cut off, um, just reiterate what you were you and me were just talking about. With like you said, it's good to have somebody who, you know, agrees with what you see or what you feel in a fight. So if you want to just go over that again, really quick, um, go ahead, Kai. No, yeah, I mean. You know, I just wanted to know your input on my last two fights just because, one, I think I won both. And for the majority, I mean, uh, people I talk to, they think I won my TJ Brown fight and they call that last fight bullshit. I mean, yeah. They think I won too, even with the point deduction or even the even the point deduction was kind of, was was sticky. Yeah. And, yeah, I just wanted to know. I mean, it just I just know that I'm not in my own world and, you know, I'm not talking to the wrong, like, wrong people about the situation you know and it's like to know that i'm not full of myself <laughs> so that's it i mean yeah i just it's good to get a like outside perspective you know i mean just to keep me back in reality <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, I definitely think you were robbed in your last two fights <laughs> um yeah, when they say robbery robbery is like means different things like 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 of course like yeah i mean I don't know the, the the TJ Brown fight. It was a competitive fight, but I won every every situation. Mm-hmm. I feel, mm-hmm. and even the stats were wrong. And like it had me at zero takedowns, but I was on top for five minutes of the fight. So it's like I don't get that. Yeah. So, so I mean, I don't, I don't make these things up. Like, hard. They like. I mean, yeah. I mean, you can't make these things up. But it just this part that's confusing to me is. Oh, in what way was he better? I mean, what did what? How did he win the fight? 
I mean, playing tit for tat with me. I mean, not, that's not fighting. Yeah. That's not trying to, you know, that he was trying to, he was trying to, he was just trying to put something out there while I was trying to kill him. You know what I mean? That's just yeah. And, uh, and if you're going to score that as a win, okay, cool. Then maybe I got to change my style. You know what I mean? Then maybe I just got to, maybe I got to have a more amateur boxing style, just touch, move, touch, move. But that's not me. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to hurt you. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if, it, if this is a game of like, if it's a game of touch and go, then, then yeah, he won that fight because he, he was putting stuff out there in my face. Like he, I'd say he put a few, and then I dropped him. Yeah. Like I don't get, I don't do, I don't know how to do that math. Right. Yeah, I I agree. And um, you know, it's interesting what you said. With you take a lot of stuff from Dillashaw, you take some stuff from Peter Yan. Um, I think you could see that in your style, just in the way you fight. Um, you know, you're you're very technical with your boxing, and you're always moving your feet. That's something I noticed with you. Is you're always changing your angle. You're always switching your stance. You're always you know, even if somebody throws like a, a head kick at you, you'll step back into the opposite stance to avoid it and then go back to your original stance. So um, I could definitely see some inspiration from those guys in your style, just with your footwork and your movement. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you, those are two guys that I – those two are guys that I mimic probably the most. With me and my coach, Eric Nixick, we, you know, we, we um, shoot stuff back and forth to each other about those two guys. And then I, I grapple with two of the best grapplers I, was, I feel in the game, um, Jeremy Kennedy and Matt Grinnell. Um, I mean, I feel like I got a good thing going. And now it's just to, now it's just I get to do it someplace else. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I'm excited to see what your next move is. Well, uh, you know, those were kind of all the questions I had for you. Um, did you have any questions for me? No. I mean, I just, yeah, like I said, thank you for having me on. No problem, man. Uh, thank you. And if people want to get a hold of you on social media, do you want to shout out your social media really quick? Uh, yeah, you can just reach me at Kaiboy Kamaka um, or just Kai Kamaka the third on social media. It'll be pretty easy to find. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, thank, yeah, thank you for having me. Um, hopefully, I got a lot of fans out there just from the performances. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm going to continue to do the same moving forward. Yeah. Um, thank you for coming on and, you know, I hope you enjoyed the questions I had for you and, and I, uh, I, I made your time worth it. Yeah, you, you did. Um, you, you did most definitely. Uh, all right. Thank you, man. Have a good day. Thank you.